So God has been keeping us on this provision series that began last month. Or began, excuse me, the, the beginning of this month. We first started, for those, just a review, a quick review. We began by looking at the source of provision. And we looked at, in God we trust. And we looked at being in the waiting room. When God has promised you something and God has given you a word, a rhema word, there seems to be this waiting period that we have to wait for it to manifest. Um, God is not denying us in the midst of the delay. He wants to develop us so we can handle what he wants to give us. So there's a waiting room. There's a waiting room. And God says, Ron, I want you to summarize that particular message by letting the people know that that's my heart. That once you know my heart, you can trust me. And when you know my heart, you can wait for me. And so when God is a source of your provision, what you and I are saying is that we literally are hearing the heartbeat of God. So in the midst of the waiting, we will not be distracted nor find detours. But we will wait on God because we know his heart. We know his heart. Someone say, God, I want to know your heart. The Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. After God's own heart. Then we looked at the supplier provision. And in that message, we looked at what is this that God has done. And we talked in this message about how to receive the provision of God. That if we have a bank account that is full with guilt, you will never be able to receive the grace of God. And so the enemy will try to contain us, will try to hinder us, because he reminds us of the past and things we've done. And I talked about that your behavior is not who you are. It's because you don't know who you are, why you're behaving that way. And so we label people as opposed to calling them how God sees them. How God sees them. In the garden, when God showed up, he didn't say, Adam, what would you do? He says, Adam, where are you? He says, who has told you? Adam went to his behavior. God went to his identity. Who told you? who you were and so what's happened and I share this that the only way that the highest uh, uh, governing body or the supreme court the law of the land had to in every single decision they make they have to make sure that that behavior becomes an identity so they can pass a law if it's strictly a behavior it goes into a book called a disease And then they appeal to the sciences to deal with that behavior. But when it's an identity then, it becomes a right. And therefore we can pass judgment then. And that's how that law came into existence. And the church needs to recognize that. Needs to understand that. And so when we live in a place of guilt, grace has no room to flow. Because when I look at my life, come on, somebody. And if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, only God knows where I would be. So I've got to get the guilt out. And that's through applying the blood of the Lamb. Because what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Lamb. Not alcohol. Nothing can remove that guilt. Nothing, no matter how often I come to church, quote and unquote, if it, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus. He said in the Exodus, when I see the blood, your past is over. <laughs> ah, God. Your past is over. So then we looked last week at what is in his hand. And we talked about Psalms 23, and we're getting shirts made that's going to say Provision 23 on there. Such a powerful message. Wow. And he said that it looked like he was a shepherd who then became a gracious host. And the consistency of it was there was always something in God's hands. So he said, tell my people the supply of my provision is my hand. He didn't start with the hand first and went to the heart. He went with the heart first and then he went to the hand. 
And so today he wants you to understand now the third thing that we're going to journey on, and that is the spirit of provision. And when the spirit of provision enters into a church, oh my goodness, you haven't seen nothing yet. When the spirit of provision enters into your life and my life and into a building, God is glorified. And we have yet to experience the glory that God wants us to experience. But I don't know about you this morning. I believe that we're going to enter into a glory phase, a glory time. Excuse me, where we are going to be. Let me not get ahead of myself. We're going to know that the spirit of provision is here. Is here. Is here. Amen. Are you Philippians 4 verse 19? 419. Let's read that. Uh, the word of the Lord tells us in that particular verse. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let me just read verse 20 because I'm just, it's just a good verse to read. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever forever be glory. Be glory forever. Amen. Amen. So in your notes, I hope you received your notes. It begins by the spirit of provision. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your, your love. I, I, just, I, I, I pray, God, that you will be glorified in this place. And, and I just, I'm believing you, God, for a manifestation of your glory that we have yet, Lord God, that we can't even contain it, how, how this glory um, is going to be revealed in us. Um, just like the disciple says, we beheld his glory let us behold your glory uh, this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask a question. How many of you have come this morning because you want meat, you don't want milk? Amen, somebody. If you want milk, you're in the wrong building. Amen, somebody. Okay? Because it's meat, what we need, meat from the word of the living God. So I just want to let you know that. So I'm going to be unpacking and stuffing down your throat three messages that I'm like, God, I just, I can do all three of these, literally, for the whole month of November. But he's saying, um, you're going to get, you're going to get three today. So the first thing is, of course, our scripture, Philippians 4, verse 19. And this quote sets the stage for what we want to talk about. And so here are the answers to the blank. It's a powerful statement. When I read it, I was like, this is, this is a great way to begin this, this message called the spirit of provision. Um, so it's, it's empowerment versus entitlement. In empowerment versus in entitlement. And so, here is it. Governing God's provision is nothing short of the wealth of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. So, governing God's provision is nothing short of the wealth of what God has done for you and I. Who? In Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, we're going to see provision and it's manifest through empowerment and entitlement. Empowerment and entitlement. And you may have heard this word entitlement before from the government perspective, but we're governed by the kingdom of God. And so we're going to bring this word into its proper perspective so you and I can walk in empowerment and entitlement. So if you look at that word, you have empowerment. Power, and you have the word title. So provision has within it then power and a title. And as we unfold, you're going to see how these two characteristics of provision was in the book of Acts. And throughout the book of Acts, which by the way hasn't ended, the book of Acts didn't finish, and okay, that's it. The book of Acts is still living today. So the spirit of provision then is still here with us. Like it was in the book of Acts, so it is now. And it's interesting. Let me, let me get ahead and come back. I looked, and someone can, can find this off of me, but I looked in, in the King James, or, or I even looked, and the word love, the word charity might be there, but the word love is not in the book of Acts. And I said, God, 
what do you mean? It's all over the book of John. It's, it's all over in the other epistles. Why not in the book of Acts? And here's what the Lord told me, because they were demonstrating it. They were demonstrating love. Didn't got to write it in there. It was evident to everybody. And because of that, they were operating in power and with a title. Good God Almighty. God is so good. He's so good. He's so, good. so you are being governed by God's provision. Say that. I'm being governed by God's provision. So what in the world can shake you or can cause you to think that you lack? If you are being governed by God's provision in Christ Jesus. So the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you, are, you receive the power from heaven to dominate the earth. Wow. Now that's attractive to the world. That's what they're looking for. So the first point is this then. The Apostle Paul is right, and he now says that my God shall supply all your needs. He says, according to his riches. Ready? According to his riches. This word in the Greek means the word abundance. So what Paul was saying to this church that was lack in terms of their circumstance, where they were, the Apostle Paul is telling them now, what you just did in providing for me is you now release the abundance of God in your life. So we say, don't think of lack. Think of God. And so he says, according to his riches, his abundance, his wealth. So all the money, all the gold, every sort of resources on the earth cannot be compared to the riches that God has. I mean, I know this is simplistic, it's simple in the way I'm going to present it. But what we desire here and will fight for and will be corrupt over, gold, God walks on it. The thing that we want that can help us, God just, it's, 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 it's pavement for him, like he just walks on it. And so we must understand that, that the wealth and the abundance that is in God, He wants to give that to us. So it's not like He exposes AJ the abundance and says, Ah, you can't have it. Look what I forgot. Oh, but Kate, you can't have it. No, religion does that. Religion says you can only go so far. And you got to do all this work to, to receive what God has for you. But God is saying, no, no, no. I want you to have all the abundance according to your faith. You can have all that's there. So there's some churches, they don't believe in healing. Okay, that's as far as they want to go. And some churches don't believe in speaking in tongues. That's as far as they want to go. And some churches don't believe in laying out of hands. That's as far as they want to go. And some churches don't believe in the prophetic movement at all. And that's as far as they want to go. But God is saying here, I want to release the abundance of my wealth to those who want to be governed, excuse me, by me. Woo, I think I'm in the right church this morning. Not morning, morning. Amen. Get that Jamaican in there. Praise God. So according to his riches, according to his riches and to his abundance. So now we have to understand that according to his riches, there's two things that God has provided for us in this spirit of provision. Watch this now. The first thing is this, is that he has now given us the provision, write this in, the provision of land. Of land. God is about taking territory. God is about taking territory. He wants his glory to fill the earth. He wants the knowledge of God to fill the earth like the water covers the sea. So God wants to take territory. He wants to take land. He wants to take land. So the place where you are working, the place where you occupy, whether your home or your employment, God is saying to you, take my abundance and step into that place so that place don't become your source. And so now you understand that I've set you there to take territory, to take land. The provision of land. Prosperity is not a cuss word. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's not. Prosperity is in the DNA of God. And what has happened is the enemy 
has perverted the minds of individuals. And so therefore, we don't know how to handle the riches of God. And we now operate through the heart of man and the heart of man's hands. And we see here now in Luke chapter 12, I want you to go there real quick in Luke chapter 12, Jesus now explains this in this particular story, the provision of land. Provision of land. And so in Luke chapter 12, verse 13, okay, it begins and it says, so Jesus now, he's talking and he's giving instructions. He says, beware of religion. It's, 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 it's full of hypocrisy. He then goes and says, you need to fear God. So he lines it up now. So in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is giving this amazing teaching. And the people are listening there. And he said, I want you to confess me before people. Talk about my abundance. Talk about my goodness. He goes all to that. And then in verse 13 it says, then one from the crowd. You always got one in the crowd. We're not giving his name, but we're just told one in the crowd. <laughs> oh, God. He comes up and he says, now, now, teacher. He says, my brother, tell my brother. Oh, so he has authority. Okay, I will go and ask him to help me. The spirit of provision is not with the source of provision that deals with the heart. Nor the supply of provision that deals with the hand. The spirit of provision deals with the help. Follow me. This with the help. So Jesus is teaching now. And this individual says, he can help me. Not what I just heard, but I got something else to deal with. There is some issue with my brother. Over land. Over the inheritance. So he goes to Jesus now. Here's the authority in him. And goes to Jesus and says, hey, can you help me in this thing that I'm facing? Tell my brother. If you tell him, he'll listen. Because right now he's not treating me fairly. I want my stuff. I want what belongs to me. I know I heard about your teaching. Beware of the hypocrite. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But get to the point. Oh, I see that you're a person of authority now. So let me come with my agenda. I know you have authority. But putting authority of God with your agenda will always corrupt you. Oh, come on, somebody. Every institution has an agenda. The newspaper, the media, they all have an agenda. And they utilize their agenda to get authority to see, can you help me promote my agenda? And here he is now. He says, Jesus, help me. And I love Jesus now because Jesus says, okay, let me give you the parable of provision then. Since you asked, let me ask what you really want to know. <laughs> let me get to your heart. Let me get to your hand. And then I'll help you. And he begins, says, look at how Jesus helps. Jesus helps him by giving him an understanding of the kingdom of heaven. And he says, let me talk to you about the provision of land. And he goes and says, but he said to a man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? So you want to know how to live in the overflow? Because now you have a source that's coming in. Your question to me really is, how do you live in the overflow? How do you live in the spirit of provision? Because outside of my authority, you don't know how to handle assets. So he said, let me give you this parable of provision because I want you to live in the overflow. I'm not denying you the overflow, but I've got to teach you how to live in the overflow. That's why you've got to keep confessing scriptures about healing and scriptures about this. Live in the overflow. Live in the abundance. Live in the abundance. For out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of the overflow. Out of the overflow. My cup runneth over. You have to live in the overflow. The overflow. And he goes and says, now watch this now. He goes, he says, take heed and beware of covetousness. Don't have time to break that down. For he says, don't be jealous. Don't be envious. Don't corrupt yourself by what you just received. For one's life does not consist in the abundance, the riches of the things he possesses. So he's bringing a difference between provision and possessions. And we think possessions is provision. God says, no, it's not. Possessions is stuff. Provision, if you understand it, is going to be something that's kingdom birth. And he says now, I want to empower you and I want to give you an entitlement, a title deed. He wants to know, how do I, how do I, I, I'm entitled to this. He says, you got it wrong. It's a title. I've given you a title. It's the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. 
So I've got to tell you, you're coming to me wrong. You're coming to me with a, with a different agenda. But if you come to me with authority and with anointing and abundance, I'll reveal to you the spirit of provision. Don't be covetous. Get that junk out. Someone say, get the junk out. You got to get the junk out that's trying to hinder you from receiving your blessing. You got to get the junk out. Come on. You got to get the junk out so you can live in the overflow. And so when God is doing a deep work, he wants to get all that junk out. He wants to get all that sickness, all that out so he can bring in his newness. He can bring in the abundance of things you've been asking him for anyways. He wants to bring that in so you can then live in the overflow. In the overflow. Oh, I've got to hurry. Watch this now. Okay. And so he says this and he goes on. Then he spake to them a parable saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. So the land produced. Yeah. The seed went in and the seed produced. He says, the land of this rich man produced. It produced abundance. It produced an overflow. God's blessing was all over this individual. The land produced. The land was plentiful. And he says, And he thought within himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will say to my soul, that's important. I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you are a fool. This night your soul be required of you. Then whose will these things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. He breaks down this parable. And in case you think he's, God doesn't want you rich, that's not what I'm saying. What God wants you to understand is understand provision and not possessions. When he yielded, when the ground produced, instead of him saying, now, guess what? The purpose of prosperity is to help people. Write that down. The purpose of prosperity is to help people. When God brought the abundance to this man, what he should have said was, come on, let me now share with you. Let me help you now. Why? Because God has prospered me so I can then be a help. That's called the spirit of provision. So the spirit of provision showed up and he, instead of him saying, let me be of help, he thought to himself, I want more glory for myself. I want more glory for myself. So God wants to give us land. God has given us land. But we must understand that our life is not, or our life does not consist of the things that we have. Our life consists of this, the provision of life. The provision of life. Let me give you a quick example of, of how this works. This provision of land and this provision of life. So in the book of Acts, we go there. And it said the Spirit of God was moving. The upper room experience happened. And all of a sudden, there was people came from all the nations, AJ. Everybody came. Mother Cook, everyone came from all the nations. Because Pentecost was a massive feast. It was one of the three major feasts that the children of Israel would celebrate. So people came from all over the place. And last year when they came, nothing happened. They went back home. And the previous year they came, nothing happened. But this year, someone said this year. Oh, come on. This year when they said, come on, kids, we are going to the feast. But daddy, we went last year, nothing happened. But we're going again. But daddy, nothing happened the year before. But we're going again because this could be the year. And so they all came from all the nations. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost says, now, boom, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. And all nations heard them speak in their language and speak the words of God. And they're like, oh, my goodness, this was awesome. And they said this. The majority of people said, we're not leaving. We're not going back to what we used to experience. Come on, Salah. When you encounter God, you can't go back to that junk. You can't go back to those things that weren't satisfying you. When you get a dose of the Holy Ghost, it changes everything. It changes your location. And so here they are. Now they said, provision is right here. We ain't leaving. It's right here. The spirit of provision. And so now there was a need because Jerusalem at one time, let's say it had 50,000 people in the population. Now when the Holy Ghost moved, there was over maybe 100,000 people that came now. And this is, we ain't leaving. So God said, I got to make room for my blessing. Oh, come on. (laughs) A year ago, there was room for everybody. But now that Jesus made it to heaven, come on, somebody. 
and he's interceding and he sent the Holy Ghost. They're saying there's no room now. So like the fool who said, I'm going to build barns, God says, no, I want my people who are full of my grace sell your land. And they sold their land and made provision so they can help people can relocate and be part of what God's doing. When the church takes their resources and understand a move of God requires there to be a room for God. You now say, my life does not consist in the possession of what I have, but my life consists in what God says. I'll sell my land and I'll take the proceeds and I lay it at the apostles' feet that they can make distribution. The first United Nation was not in New York City. Trying to bring peace, come on. But the first United Nation was in the book of Acts when they came together and all they had, they says, here it is. And the apostles now, who had the agenda of God, was making distribution to everyone that had need and nobody lacked because the spirit of provision showed up. So people come to the church now. And because they've been corrupted by the world, they come to the church and they don't understand provision. And they want things from the church and don't understand that your life does not consist in the things that you possess. It consists in what possesses you. And so if you come to the church, we're going to help you, but we're going to empower you and give you an entitled. Oh, gosh. So you can leave here and go back and take land. It doesn't benefit us to have you come here and not empower you to prosper. You're not attracted that way then. Come on. You are draining the system as opposed to releasing into the atmosphere what God has for you. Is anyone here what I'm saying this morning? So the second thing is the provision of, of, of life. And so in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he did to this individual. He came in, he saw the prosperity, and he came in, AJ, and he says, oh, you, you don't have to do anything anymore now. Instead of the, the, the rich man realizing i got to change my assignment, he thought I can just sit here and, and be eased and be cool. He says, no, 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 no. No, your responsibility now is to go ahead and to understand life. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus, I can't let you have life and have it more abundantly. There's that word again. I can't let you have life and have life more abundantly. In John 17, verse 3, John chapter 17, verse 3, he says, this is life, that you know me. That you know me. I am the spirit of provision. That you, that you know me. That you are intimate with me. That you ha- have a bedroom relationship with me. Not just intercourse, but intimacy. Come on, somebody. Intimacy means just to show up, God, and you turn me on. Just, just come in the room and alrighty, I'm in the mood. Come on, somebody. Ah, God, when I'm feeling depressed, just, just come in the room and I promise you, I'll never say I got a headache. Come on, somebody. When God shows up, intimacy. Woo! Pastor Roe, keep it G. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Keep it G up in this place. Amen. Amen. Because intimacy will always produce life. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. Come on, somebody. When you're intimate with the daddy, you can't leave the same way. When you're intimate with the father and the Holy Spirit, you can't leave the same way. You got to leave with an account and experience from God. According to his riches, he gives me land and gives me life. But I know that my life is why I can have land. The second thing he now says is this. He goes, point two is by Christ Jesus. You notice that he didn't say by Jesus Christ. He said by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. Go to Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. Remember I talked about the first one, according to his riches, was to help. The second one now is this. This is the most powerful one. And this is what we must become as a church. The most important or the most powerful weapon that God has given the church is prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. You call a prayer meeting, the church just whoop, exits. <laughs> but when you understand the spirit of provision, this place will be packed when we call a prayer meeting. So watch this now. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. Are you there? It says this now. It says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. For I know that this will turn out from my deliverance. In other words, salvation. Through your what? And the supply of the Spirit 
of Jesus Christ. This word supply in the Greek means help. So he's saying that my salvation, my deliverance from being in this prison, not the natural prison, but the prison inside of me that might be doubting God's provision. Your prayers over here is helping me through Jesus Christ. So you're, you are accessing abundance, and that abundance is helping me here to be cool. That when Peter was in prison, the church prayed. Good God Almighty. When Peter was locked up with soldiers tied to him, the church prayed. And when the church prayed, spirit of provision was released. Come on, Peter. Wake up, Peter. Bam, wake up, Peter. So your prayer is a slap in the face to wake up someone. Come on. Boom, get up, Peter. Woo! What's going on here? I was getting comfortable in the provision of God. Yeah, but let's go. And the gate opened up and he stepped into the city and took land. And so he's saying here, this church, why he had such a great relationship with them? Because he was saying, your prayers are going to turn to my deliverance. So the only success that I can have is the prayers of the saints. Is you praying and my, myself praying for you. And he says that your prayer is helping me. And here was the motivation. Here was the inspiration. Here's what caused this church to pray. Why? Because guess what they were given? They were given a provision of love. Love the agape. Not just the philia. Not just a friend or Philadelphia. Not, not just that kind of love. That's a start. But the agape, the unconditional love, is what was motivating them, what was inspiring them now to pray. And so when you come together, we come, we clothe ourselves in love. Huh? Because love covers a multitude of sins. And so when we clothe ourselves in love, the spirit of provision is there, blocking the attack and the accusations of the enemy. So when we come in a circle, the enemy won't distract you by making you look at somebody and thinking something different to get you out of unity. And so when we come together now in prayer, and love is covering us, come on somebody, we are clothed back into the Garden of Eden. And like in the Garden, we were protected from the elements, from the environments. Why? Because love was present. Love was present. So in the supply of Jesus Christ, it's love. It's love. i got to go quickly to, to Mark chapter 12. Go to Mark chapter 12. Jesus now shares in Mark chapter 12, and he begins in verse 28 to verse 34. And he says this now, in verse 28, 34. He says, he says, that one of the scribes came, and having heard him reason together, perceiving that he had answered them well, and he says, what is the first commandment of all? They, they, they go religious again. Verse 29, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus says this. Jesus answered him. So first, in the first thing we had, someone from the crowd said something, and now we have someone from the congregation. <laughs> first the crowd, now the congregation. And the congregation is getting more deep. He was just talking about some money. They're getting deep now, right? So religion does. It, it, it tries to go deep, but it really has no roots. And it says this now. He says, he says, the first of all, the commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. I want you to look at that word strength. And all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these two. The rich guy said to his soul, I'm going to break down the barns and build greater barns. Ah, you missed it. This person comes, Jesus says, the greatest commandment is this. Have greater love capacity. Have greater love capacity. So the spirit of provision can come in. And so love, you can't cap love. Doesn't matter what skin color you are, you can't cap it. Doesn't matter where you're from, you can't stop it. That's how we're going to heal the nation. It's through love. Not as perverted love, but it's through love. That's how it's going to happen. We're going to say, spirit of provision, come in. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for our nation, Lord. Let your love come into this place. And he looks at that and he says, that's what's going to do it. 
So, when we start our prayer ministry, you come out of love. And you cry out because of love. And I'm telling you, one day, our prayer means will be larger than our preaching. Because there will be so much love and we're crying out for the nation. And the glory will fill the earth. Like the water cover the sea. Are you with me, somebody? God wants to release the spirit of provision in us. But it comes through this provision of love. Now let me share with you how this works out. Here is how another church becomes attractive. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Peter now and John. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. He says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. So Peter and John were still going by the religious things that they did. The power of God was there, but they were still going to the hour of prayer. So this was a scheduled time when people would come and pray. Right? It's like the Muslims. Whenever it's time for prayer, I don't care where they're working. Oh, we're here to take territory. And that requires prayer. So we're not afraid of you telling us to stop what we can do. Oh, gosh. Because of my love for Allah. I'm going to stop right here and just pray. But you get fired. I don't care. They're radical. I can't stop that. And so what we need to understand is Peter and John were saying prayer is vital to our existence. And so on a regular thing, Pentecost happened and now they're going and understand the impact that Pentecost brought to where they used to gather before. And they now go and it says it's the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer. Romans 8, 26 verse 27 says this. Watch this now. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit of provision himself makes intercession for us with groanings which can't be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. So watch this now. If I truly want to help you, I've got to know what the will of God is for you. Not my will, but thy will be done in your life and in my life. So I come to prayer to get God's will so I can come back to be a goodwill ambassador to you. I spend my time in prayer, interceding, so I can be a goodwill ambassador and tell you the goodness of God. And so here they were going now to this time of prayer. They were heading over there. And in Romans 8, this word helpeth also, watch this now, and this is interesting, this word helpeth in the King James, or help in the New King James, is the same Greek word that is used comparing Martha and Mary. Look at the contrast. So Martha now, people were coming in. And they needed provision. Jesus didn't just hang with one or two people. When he showed up, people were coming. I mean, come on now. Now, it's interesting the cultures when it comes to people showing up. In one culture, a couple of people are coming up. And in some cultures, that's going to be two people. But in the black culture, Africa, when they say people are coming over, that could be 15 to 20 people. They say it's a couple. So Jesus now says a couple of people are coming over. He had an entourage that was coming in. So Martha says now, we have to make provision. Oh God, I'm I got to make provision. I've got to get things ready because Jesus is coming to my house. I I, got to get all these things together. I got to get everything ready. And watch this now. He says, and all of a sudden now, Mary is being intimate with Jesus. So in one room, I'm trying to make room. In the other room, she's already made room. Come on. And so Martha says, hey Jesus, I know you're being intimate. But can you please tell her to stop and come and help me. Same word in Romans 8.26. This word means let us strive together. It is where let us come along together. She's saying, in my own strength, I can't do this. That's what Martha's saying. So I'm going to keep trying to do it in my own strength. I'm going to try to do it in my own strength. Now I'm frustrated because it's my own strength. And so all of a sudden, no one's helping me. But you're doing your own strength. He didn't ask you to do that. He says, come, and the greater part will not be taken away from Mary. And when you're in a place of intimacy, the devil in hell cannot take away your place of intimacy. No critic, no coward, no, 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 nobody can take you away when you're in that place of intimacy with the Father. 
So prayer is important. And they were on the way to prayer. And here now we get to our empowerment and we get to our entitlement. And it says here now, ready for this? And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. A certain man. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. To ask alms from those who entered the temple. So here it was now that we had, ready for this? Individuals. Four individuals who were saying, I know this lame person needs help. So I'm going to carry him daily to the front door of the church. I'm going to put him right here in front of me. I'm going to put him right here. Right here. Where everybody can see. Here it is. Strong men who have good hearts. A layman from his mother's womb. Daily, they says, we're helping him. We are carrying his weight. And we lay him down at the church. Let's lay him down. Ever so carefully. So these gentlemen now, thank you, John, brings them every single Sunday to the temple. And here it is now that they were, they were, they were enabling him to do what he only thought and knew he could do. They identified him as a beggar. And they said, as they brought him to the temple, there it is, daily, he would, he would be there. So when people were going into the place of prayer at the scheduled time, that they would see him and that they would give him something to ask alms of it. So all of a sudden now, his life is about to change. Because the word enable means to help something happen. In a negative part, we don't want that. But we want to be enablers. Oh, God. So here they came and says, we are helping. And they placed him there daily. We don't know what else we can do. You're lame from your birth. There's nothing else we can do but to bring you here and that you now, with the strength you have, ask alms. As people walked in, out of guilt they would give. <laughs> and they will enable him as well because he's having money. They will enable him. Enable him. And so all of a sudden now, are you ready for this? This is the picture of the church that walks in the spirit of provision. They empower and they now give an entitlement. And Peter and John walks down and he says, hold on a second here. He says, he fixed his eyes on them. He says, ooh, I got someone's attention. And he says, I expect now they're like everybody else. That they're going to give me something and go about their business. <laughs> but someone said, this is different. This is different. He walks up now. He says, um, look at us. And he says, silver and gold I don't have. Because that's not what you need. Come on, somebody. Mm. You don't need silver and gold because you're crippled. So giving you silver and gold is not getting you to take territory. Silver and gold that I give to you may provide for your family for a little bit, but it won't contain them like God wants you to contain them. So he sister and he says, But what I have, give I unto you. Now everybody else has, What I have, give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm going to identify his location. Because you, sir, are an Israelite. You understand. And though you're lame, you understand. Come 
So I speak to your understanding, not your lameness. Everybody else saw your crippledness, but I see your understanding. Because you're able to look at me. You're able to look at me. And he says, now, he says, now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Empowerment. He was healed the moment Peter said it. But he still laid there. What was necessary? Watch this now. In Acts chapter 3, the Bible said, Peter now reached with his right hand and got a hold of his right hand. And he lived... Oh, just right there. Don't move. You're crippled. Right there. Right hand to right hand. Right hand to right hand. So he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he doesn't move. Peter now comes and gets his right hand with his right hand. This is called the right hand of friendship. You can't give what you have without being French first. Come on. I'm talking friends with benefits. Come on, somebody. I'm talking friends with a blessing. Boom. I just spoke healing over you. And now I'm going to give you the right hand of friendship. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. And he pulls them up now. He pulls them and he pulls them right there. So we have people who have been lame because of life. And what's happened is like the Apostle Paul, when he got encountered, when he had an encounter with God, nobody wanted to deal with him anymore. But God, the Holy Spirit, told Ananias, go, 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 Paul needs you. Go be a friend to Paul. And he comes to Paul and puts his hands in him and the scales fall from Paul's eyes. What the church needs to do to be attractive is we need to build friendships. Because what we have, we're going to give. And what we know how to give is friendship. Not friends with this world, but friends with God. Abraham was called the friend of God. And so we start right here as friend. The right hand of friendship. How you doing? Can I really walk? Yeah, baby, you're going to walk. Yeah, champ, you're going to walk. I got you, man. I've never used my legs before. I got you. I got you. We're friends. And right there. And then he pulls him up more now. And as he gets to the loins, he gets right there. And stop. Right there. The next thing we know is right hand of fellowship. Right hand of fellowship. When the disciples found out that Paul got saved. And even though Ananias went and laid his hands and the scales came off. They said, we don't trust that joker. We don't trust him. And so Barnabas now, Barnabas, who's Barnabas who sold land? <laughs> Barnabas then says, I got you. So when someone says they're not friends anymore, fellowship still holds on to you. And that's why when you come to the body of Christ, you have fellowship. And Barnabas comes and says, I'll put my credibility on the line for him. And Barnabas now gets a hold of Paul and says, come into the fellowship of the other apostles. We need this gift. Don't you understand? I gave land. I gave my life. And he's about to give his life for the goodness of God. I need three more minutes of your time. So here is the church now. We have friendship. We have fellowship. But the crown jewel of the spirit of provision. And watch this about the fellowship. The Bible says in Isaiah 41 verse 10, God says this. God says, I will help you. With my righteous right hand. So when you're holding someone as friends. And you're holding someone with fellowship. You are holding the hand of God. Because you have the heart of God. And you're helping. And this is what attracts people. Because they're coming with their lame excuses. But some of them have some lame issues. And we have to be a friend to them. And go out there and say. I am going to bring you into the body of Christ. Because God has provided love and life and land for you. And the abundance of the riches. Because your family needs you. And the third thing is this now. The right hand of family. And he pulls him right out now. And for the first time since he was born. Where his mother was wondering. What did I do to, what did I do to give birth to something that was crippled? 
God in his goodness and the spirit of provision restored his mother. Come on, somebody. And said, you did not give birth to something that was crippled. My power, my grace, my title. I hear you, mommy. And I'm going to rescue your son. I'm going to use the church to rescue your son. They're bringing him daily. But I'm telling you, his life is about to change. And now, he was standing in a place of friendship, in a place of fellowship. And the Bible said he began to walk. He says, oh, oh, oh this is good. This is good. Turn, turn on, walk down. He goes, oh my goodness. He said, he began to walk. And then he said, well, let me be more courageous. Let me leap. So I can walk and I can leap. I can walk, I can leap. Oh, let's praise God then. And he starts to praise God and start to worship God and start to magnify God and doing all that stuff. And he said, He said, I can walk, I can leap, I can praise God. Thank you for helping me. And the Bible says, the Bible said that, that, that he, he, he hung on to Peter and John as he said, now let's go pray. Because here's what happened to you. You've now been empowered to produce for your family. The miracle was a miracle of provision. Now you can get your own silver and gold and take the limits off. Because what the cup can contain, come on somebody, there was limits. But the miracle I just did took the limits off. That you now can take your gift, you can take your time, and you can go back and walk and leap and praise God. And everyone said, I know who he is. He used to be at the gate every single day. They identified the miracle and said, I know who this person is. And they go in. And they go in. And now, and here it is. I did all that to say this. What is the evidence? What is the evidence that the spirit of provision is in the church? Thank you for asking, and here's the answer. They said, and looked at Peter and John, you guys did this. And they said, no, no, no. Let me give you the title of who did this. The Holy One. The Righteous One. The Prince of Life. The Alpha and the Omega. I got more. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rafi. He's Jehovah Tiskini. Come on. When people start asking about the miracle, give them the title. Give them the title deed of what you just did. Give them Jesus. There is no other name. Come on, somebody. When they said, is it the name of Peter? No, baby. It's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the El Shaddai. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Give the title. And the last thing is this. It's in glory. It's in glory. This word glory is the word doxology. It is, means to praise. It's connected with salvation. And Paul would end the majority of his letters by giving a doxology of a praise. And so when you know, come on, that the church has experienced empowerment and entitlement and the name of Jesus is being glorified, they're in glory. So somebody walks and says, what's all the commotion? Come, 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 come. They're in glory. Come on, somebody. And when they see you doing a crazy praise, what's wrong with her? She's in glory. And when they say they don't take all that, what's going on in the gathering place? They're in glory. When you are in glory, the spirit of provision is all over the place. It's calling glory. Not my name, but his name. It's in glory. So the Apostle Paul says this, 
as we are going to blot you out in glory. Come on, somebody. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 3, verse 4 to 21, is there anybody here who knows how to walk? Come on, somebody. If you know how to walk, I want you to move your legs. I want you to move mentally. I want you to move spiritually. I want you to leave. Come on, somebody. Because we're in glory. There's protection in glory. The Bible says when they stop, when they were praying, come on, somebody, and everybody was quiet. The ministers couldn't preach anymore. The heavy weight of God's glory was so evident. He said the glory filled the temple. People said, what's going on? They're in glory. You got to be in glory. Someone say, I'm in glory. Ah, tell your face you're in glory. I'm not talking the United States of America flag or old glory. I'm talking about it's got to be in glory. And if we want to see the glory of God fall in America, we've got to lift the banner of Jesus Christ. And we have to say, America, politicians, White House, any matter house, your house, get in glory. So he says now, he says, it's for this reason I bow my knee. Knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, I'm preaching this thing, and may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, what is the depth, what is the height. Can I say that one more time? When you get in glory you see that God is so high I can't get over him so deep can't get under him so wide I can't get from him because is there anybody who's in glory slap somebody and say get in glory get in glory get in glory get in glory hallelujah What's going on in the gathering place? They're in glory. Why are they growing? They're in glory. Come on, somebody. We are in the glory of God. Woo! To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Are you ready for this now? Here we have the enabler, the empowerment, and the entitlement in one verse. In two verses, excuse me. Now to him who is able... Now unto the enabler. He can help make something happen. Come on, somebody. And to do exceedingly above all that we may ask or think according to the power, empowerment that works in us. To him be glory. To him be glory. To him be glory, not in the White House. To him be glory, not in the Supreme Court. Not in Congress. Because they're changing my glory. Come on. In the church is where glory is. And what happens when people see the glory of God? The attraction comes from everywhere. And people are coming. Why? Because I want to be in the glory. I want to be in the glory of God. I want to be in the glory of God. And he says now that to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever and ever and ever we will remain in the glory of God so what must we do to launch we have to are you ready give God the glory father we bless your name we thank you for the spirit of provision We thank you. We will live our lives giving you glory and taking territory because you've given us land. You've given us life. You've given us love. And you give us the provision of lift. And you launch us out of here giving you all the glory forever and ever and ever. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's time to give him glory. Make your right. Make your life right with Jesus. The ultimate provision is that of His Son, Jesus Christ. And for those who are watching, give Him glory with your life. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Give Him glory with your life. And I promise you, He will give you a spirit of provision that will empower you and give you a title to dominate your situation.
Father, we thank you for the release of healing in this place. Those who are sick in body, we declare a word of healing over them now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I declare your healing now in Jesus' name. Glory will manifest in this place. Glory is in this place. And gifts and signs and wonders will take place. Because we're giving you glory. We're in glory. Oh. Now the Lord bless you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you. And give you peace. Walk in the glory of God. My brothers and sisters. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Amen.